0: Hello and welcome to the Church Music Makers podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. I want to start with a little bit of honesty um, before I dive into the topic today. And that is, over the past eh, year and a half, really, um, I've struggled with what I want Church Music Makers, what the podcast, what the website, what blog, whatever stuff I do with this, what it really should be. Um, Part of that has been because of the pandemic. Part of that has become because I left full-time church music ministry 18 months ago um, to be husband and father, and I don't regret that decision at all. I'm very thankful for that. But it's given me kind of a challenge to say, what do I have to say to people who are serving in church music ministries today? I'm not speaking from current experience as a currently serving music minister, but I do have, you know, experience of being an organist um, for worship services since I was 15 years old. That's a long time ago, Um 29 years. Um, I've been uh, a choir director for 20 years. I've been a handbell director for 17 years um, and so on and so forth. As you can tell, it's, it's not a shortage of experience. I've gone through struggles of trying to build ministries and, not having much in the way of resources, not having much in the way of support. So on that aspect of things, yes, I do have experience and things that I can pull from. But yet, in my head, I've had this block. And it led me to what I'm going to talk about today, the book I'm gonna talk about today, And the idea that comes out of this book, and I think it is, while it's not written specifically for church musicians or even ministry in and of itself, I think there's a lot of ideas and and tools that we can pull out of this to think about. And it's focusing in on the book Soundtracks by John Acuff. Now, John Acuff is a speaker author. He's more along the lines of business and productivity writing. But I think that this book really helps us to think about us and think about ourselves and our soundtracks. And I'm going to start by reading just a little bit from the book. And this is um, right at the beginning of the chunk that says the soundtracks that are secretly shaping your life. He writes... If I hear Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses, I can smell the newsprint from the pages of Thrasher magazine. I can see myself sitting on the floor at 2 Edgewood Drive in Hudson, Massachusetts, cutting out photos of skateboarders for my bulletin board. That's when you really knew you were skate or die, when you maintained a suburban scrapbook of California skaters. If I hear It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, I'm instantly transported to Dave Bruce's basement. We are memorizing the lyrics as fast as we can, shouting them back and forth to each other, and wishing we were rich enough to own Z Cavarici pants. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. If I hear Mr. Jones by Counting Crows, I can see myself in the Framingham Mall parking lot trying to get my date to listen to the lyrics. I'm in my mom's blue minivan with faux wood paneling, and it's bothering me that Heather isn't as moved by Adam Duritz as I am. It wasn't easy to rewind tapes. It was an imprecise art, and the longer she talked over the song, the harder it was for me to find the part I wanted her to really connect with. Those songs are from bands that will probably never share a stage. I can't see Counting Crows doing a collab with Guns N' Roses. But what they all have in common is that they each hit me at the sweet spot when soundtracks are formed. The New York Times did a study to figure out when a song has the greatest shot at getting added to your permanent soundtrack, that list of songs that will always impact you. The title of the article that followed was The Songs That Bind, and it's a fitting description of what a soundtrack does. Using data from Spotify, economist Seth Stevens-Davidowitz found that the most important period for men in forming their adult tastes were the ages 13 to 16, For women, it skews a little earlier, with the ages 11 to 14 being most important. Just reading my list of three examples probably called to mind a specific song in memory for you. The playlist you unknowingly curate during your life makes for an interesting dinner party conversation, but music is only one small part of a much bigger story. Your thoughts are the internal soundtracks you listen to even more than your favorite song. Over the years, you've built a soundtrack about your career. And we could say ministry. You have a soundtrack for all your relationships. You have a soundtrack you believe about your hopes, dreams, goals, and every other aspect of your life. If you listen to any thought long enough, it becomes a part of your personal playlist. That's powerful stuff. And this is the idea that John takes in this book. That the idea of the soundtrack that goes on in our mind, in our life, in our ministry, in everything that we do is important and essential, and it matters. And I love this concept of, and it's always fascinated me, of why a song connects with you and why a song like his examples take you back to a specific place and time. I think that's the power and connection that music has to us. But it's not just that specific lyric, right? It's that specific overall feeling. And sometimes it's even a smell. It's a place. It's a sensation. It's all of these things that that one song or that one guitar lick or whatever the case is, takes us there. I love listening in the car with my girls to a, a local radio station here in Houston called The Spots. And they play music from the 80s and 90s. And that's, that's my wheelhouse. That is, that is my soundtrack. And it'll be funny that I'll hear, you know, the first two, three notes of a song. And I've always been able to do this, that I can kind of hear that song and know pretty close after first, eh, maybe measure or so, who the artist is and what the song is. And I'll start laughing. And my girls are like, Dad, what's so funny? And I'd say, well, it's this song. And, you know, it's kind of fun to hear them connect with different songs. The one funny one, and it's actually just happened today at the Super Bowl. Um, one of the really fun commercials that my youngest daughter got to see was the Doritos commercial um, where they were using Push It by salt and Um, And, of course, when my, <laughs> I was taking my daughter to school this morning, sure enough, that song came on the radio, and she said, Dad, is that the full song from the commercial? I said, Yes, it is. And so she listened very intently. Yeah, I know. I had it turned down so she wouldn't hear all of the lyrics. But, point being, we all have different soundtracks that we listen to. Um, you know, musically, your soundtrack could be country music, your soundtrack could be choral music, your soundtrack could be symphonic music, whatever the case is, you have that music that is your soundtrack, right? Whether it's a literal soundtrack that's playing when you're driving on a trip or the soundtrack that's playing in your head, the songs that are going through your head, um, it's, it's powerful. Another example. Uh, that happened for me this weekend was that we took our daughters to go see South Pacific. Um, the uh, local theater company was putting it on and we were able to go. And I grew up with that record uh, of the soundtrack in my house, the the Broadway soundtrack of uh, South Pacific. And It was great for me to hear that, you know, and and I've sung Younger Than Springtime. I've, you know, sung a couple of the songs um, in the show and it took me back to those times, but it was great for my girls because the first time that they heard it was at that production. And so now every time that they're going to hear those songs. They're going to be transported back to that moment where they got to dress up and go to downtown Houston and go see the production. And so that's really a neat thing, right? But that's the thing with soundtracks, is that they impress something upon us. And that's where John flips this idea on its head from music to basically, if you want to call it a mantra or... How we think and how we react, that's the thing that really becomes that way that we live. And I think this is a really fascinating way to unpack it. And John, in his wonderfully creative and funny way, does this throughout the book of unpacking. How does this work? How can we take those somewhat negative thoughts right um, you know that I'm I'm worthless or I'm not as valuable because the previous church that I served at decided that they couldn't afford to have me so they just let me go. I've been there. I've had that soundtrack go through my mind and I struggled with that for two years uh, of really saying, what am I doing? And that was hard. And what it took for me was really spending time in scripture to realize that, that my worth is not what other people put on me. It's what God puts on me. But it took a lot, a lot of struggle. It took a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. And even still to this day, some 16 years later, I, I still have a hard time with it. Even though I've processed through it, even though I've made peace with it, there'll be those moments where that, that soundtrack kind of creeps back in ever so slowly. I remember my first church choir directing position. Um, there was this woman who had a beautiful beautiful soprano voice. But she wouldn't come to choir. I asked her, I said, "Why, why aren't you singing in choir? I hear you singing in church, and I've had so many other people tell me that you've got a beautiful voice. And she said, I was told in high school that I can't sing. That was her soundtrack. Her high school choir director saying, you can't sing. And it took some repeated and <laughs> repeated encouragement and she finally did join in the choir and finally did use her voice. But it took a while to break that soundtrack for her. And I think for all of us, whatever experiences we go through, we, we kind of label ourselves in that way, right? I mean, I've had times, especially serving in smaller churches where, you know, um, I, if I had 10 in my choir and my two altos didn't show up, that made for a little bit of a challenging rehearsal. And of course the soundtrack going through my head is I'm a failure or I'm not that good of a choir director because I don't have that many singers, which that wasn't the case. I have people who are very talented and loved singing and and are phenomenal people. It was just that, well, they had kids and kids had activities or traffic was bad or whatever. It was not a personal affront to me. But yet in my head, that's where my brain went. That's where my soundtrack went to. And maybe you can relate to that a little bit. If you don't relate to that, fantastic. Praise God. But I'm guessing that in some shape or fashion, you're hearing what I'm saying about these different examples and saying, yeah, I get that. I understand. The soundtracks that we have about our life, our ministry, our relationships, our connections with others, our feelings, our whatever the case may be, those all matter. And I want to go back to the book because another thing that that he shares um, is a quote from uh, David Goggins. And he says, The most important conversations you'll ever have are the ones you'll have with yourself. You wake up with them, you walk around with them, you go to bed with them, and eventually you learn to act on them, whether they be good or bad. Wow! Yeah, that's exactly it, right? I mean, most of the time, the the primary person—I mean, outside of God, of course—who uh, who knows us and who we're talking to the most is ourself. That self soundtrack is so important, and I think this becomes even more important. And I was thinking about this as I was preparing to record this. I think that over the past year and a half with the pandemic going on, that becomes even more important because the world has radically changed. Church ministry has radically changed, especially uh, on the musical side of things in the church. Many... Organists, many choir directors have lost their positions, and so for many very talented and capable people, those soundtracks may not be the most positive. And it's not something that's easily turned around. Uh, I mean, that's the reality. It's it's not something that, you know, hey, I just say this mantra every day for twenty days, or you know. Go back to Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live, right? I'm good enough, smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. It's not that. I wish it was that easy, right? I mean, like I said, I went through having a position cut 16 years ago, and I still, to this day, am struggling with it from time to time. But it's looking at your worth. It's looking at what does God see. When God sees you, God says, I see a creation that I made in my image. I see a creation that I call good. And I know for me, that's always a hard thing to look in the mirror and say, God calls this good. And I know that means that there's work that I have to do. And there is plenty of work that I have to do on myself internally and externally. But no matter what I do or don't do, God still loves me. God still calls me good. And that's important and essential to remember. But these soundtracks for ourself, our soundtracks for our ministry, our soundtracks for our life, help to guide and lead us. One of the things that I had to struggle with, because my degree is is in vocal music education. I went to to college to be a high school choir director. That was my goal, my plan, my soundtrack. (laughs) Um, And after one year of teaching, my position was cut. And then I just kind of stumbled into church music. And along the way, I realized that my soundtrack, and I can say this now looking back, my soundtrack has always been, well, I'm not exactly sure how to do that fully, but I'll figure it out. Whether that was starting handbell choirs, directing handbell choirs, I'd played handbells but never directed it. Whether that was doing preschool chapel, (laughs) never done that before because little kids scared me that's why I wanted to do high school music um, whether it was doing music and movement with preschool kids whether that was teaching classroom music I could keep going on and on and on but that was that was the thing that I said I'm not sure exactly how to do it, but I'll figure it out. And that has been a very, very invaluable soundtrack for me because it's helped shape me to say, I'm not going to flat out say, no, I can't do it. I'm going to say, well, let me sit down with it and let me see if I can figure it out. I mean, that's... Really the reason why I started teaching music lessons. Um, I, I love music and I do love teaching. And I didn't need extra money at the time. But it became something that. Was something that I love doing very much. And found myself to be very capable of doing. And so now. That's what I'm doing to earn a full time income. Is teaching private music lessons. And I couldn't be happier about it. But. it I'll tell you, getting a, a music education degree, you don't learn about marketing or even back when when I graduated, social media or any of that kind of stuff. And so I've had to learn all of that along the way. And that's the struggle, right? That's the challenge is that that adaptable idea has been a very helpful, beneficial tool for me as I've gone through life, as I've gone through ministry. And the cool part is, when we think about those soundtracks, they do change. While, you know, that report talked about how that soundtrack kind of becomes imprinted at a specific age. When we think about our soundtracks for our life and our our self-talk, that changes over time. That changes with experience. That changes with life. I mean, I know before I had children, my soundtrack was completely different. Before I got married, my soundtrack was completely different. And I'm sure in the next 20 years, my soundtrack's gonna change again because as I get my children out of the house and they get married and have kids of their own, it's gonna become even something else. And that's okay. But I think if you have the opportunity, whether you go ahead and buy the book or check it out from the library, I I highly encourage you to check out soundtracks. Um I think it gives, like I said, a really good insight and idea into um into into how we can batter our thoughts and how we do things. Or uh if you want, um Johnny Cuff has a podcast called All It Takes Is a Goal. Um and while it is kind of goal specific, he does bring in a lot of these ideas that he talks about in the book. Um, And that's uh, every Monday he puts out a new episode and they're usually about 40 minutes to an hour. Um, But it's, it's a really great, easy listen. And if you're a podcast consumer like I am, uh, it's definitely worth adding to your list. But those soundtracks really do shape us and shape how we think. And a lot of times what happens is we overthink things. A lot of times we don't start an idea or we don't start a project because we overthink it, right? We don't just say, you know what? I'm going to take the first step forward. Like I said, at the beginning, I, I for the past year and a half, I've really struggled with what do I do with Church Music Makers? And a lot of that has been just me overthinking it. And so what I'm going to do, my soundtrack in regard to church music makers is I'll put the resources out there, pray that it connects with people, pray that it helps people and blesses people and encourages people. And that's all I can do. If I don't put the resources out there, then that's on me right? They don't have to be the highest and best quality out there. I mean, I obviously want to give my best and want to do my best, but sometimes putting something out is better than putting nothing out. So I hope and I pray that this has given you some encouragement. Like I said, check out the book, um, I really, really highly recommend it. It's it's not a, a super thick book, so it's a fairly quick and easy read, but there's a lot of things in it that I think would be really beneficial and helpful for you in regards to ministry, in regards to all the things that, that I've been talking about are just, you know, overall health, whether that's emotional, relational, mental, physical, spiritual health, all of those things can really Factor in into those soundtracks that we have in our life. Thank you so much for listening. If you would, I would so much appreciate it if you would give a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you would give a review, uh, because that does help to get the podcast in front of more people. And also, if you would, just on your own, I would love it if you would share um, share the podcast with other people. And finally, if you have any ideas or suggestions for topics, or you want to give me any feedback on the podcast, please email me at churchmusicmakers at gmail.com. That's churchmusicmakers at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and God bless your week.